Welcome to another episode of Video Vampires. This is Mickey. And Jessica. And uh, I actually went to the movies. I know. I didn't, which is like the funniest thing because I always am at the movies. Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I already saw stuff that you've already seen. I saw stuff that you'd already seen. Yeah, so. well, finally. Yes, I know, right? Uh, I saw Parasite. Uh, yeah. It was easily my favorite movie of the year so far. Yeah, it is. It has to be. It's, it's the, just, it's perfect. It's the best movie of the year. Um, you really need to go see it. Um, even if you didn't like his other stuff, like The Host, which I was not ever a fan of, but I really love Snowpiercer. Dude, Snowpiercer is so sick. But this movie was just like, I mean, it was a two and a half hour movie, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, it's long. It 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 was long. It but it doesn't feel, feel long. Yeah. yeah, like it's a breeze. Like I was like, wow, this is like a, I am breezing through this movie. There's no problem whatsoever. Uh, less of a breeze, uh, but I still really enjoyed was The Lighthouse. Yeah. Which my wife... Like I, I loved it. My wife was like, "Oh, you like it? Be- you love it because it's New England Eraserhead, and it is." Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's also good. It is good, but it is. It's like if you know, there's a Eraserhead now. There's clam chowderhead. I mean, like that's that's <laughs> essentially what it is. That's, clam chowder. That was Diego, one of our guests. He's, oh, we saw it together. He, great. He commented that. Um, I don't know. The only thing I would say about the lighthouse, which I feel like differentiates too, because it's kind of hard not to draw the comparison when you see you know, when you. When you make when someone makes that comment, you're like, "Oh yeah, this is definitely a um, very influenced by Eraserhead." But the difference between that is like, and, and I realize it, it made me appreciate what I love about Eraserhead so much is that um, David Lynch is telling this very personal story, and that's the way he's going to tell it. That's the way he has to tell it. Yeah. Whereas Eggers really, he makes the decision to tell it like that. Like I don't feel like this is a personal story to him. It's just he no. wanted, yeah, you know. So that's what they're that's what they're kind of different. That being said, it's fucking great. Uh, Willem Dafoe, as always, is awesome. Yeah. Um, Robert Pattinson's great, too. Uh, yeah. Man, I've been saying, like, okay, yeah. so everyone's talking shit because he's cast as Batman. Um, I think he's going to be great. Yeah, but the stuff he's been doing is also great. Uh, we talked about High Life um, very briefly, Good Time, Good time. and, like, those stuff that oh and and the king on Netflix um the stuff that he's been in lately has been really good and I think that's great because he's just got like all this Twilight money probably and he's like okay so now I can actually be an actor whatever I want to do yeah. yeah I like that too I think that's a really it, it, I I walked away from this movie with a lot of admiration for him I was like man that was a fucking bold because he's you know mm-hmm. as much as I love Willem Dafoe and I think Willem Dafoe is one of the greatest actors of all time certainly one of my favorites he doesn't. He doesn't have to go through as much in this movie as, as I feel like Pattinson does. You know, he's got to like he's got to go through so much. Like the movie's a lot more his than it is Defoe's. Yeah. Defoe's is absolutely essential to it, but uh, I don't want to give anything away. It's really hard to give anything away to this movie. It's very, uh, it's great. It's like one of the strangest, um, not mainstream, but like it's getting a lot of like. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, especially in LA. Yeah. Um, you hear about it a lot, and plus the ArcLight had the bulb. Oh, yeah, that's um, awesome. Which was fun to see in yeah. person, because you're like, it is beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like, it, it was really cool, because, like, like you know, like I said, she wasn't joking when she said New England Eraserhead, because there is, like, that weird, like, you know, especially growing up, you know, you and I both, like, there's a lot of, like, those old build, like, those old lighthouses, there's old... Yeah, I took a picture of one as I flew over Boston, because there's one right in the middle of fucking nowhere, and I could not think of anything but that movie. Right, yeah, exactly, and it's just, like, it's just one of those things, and it's also, like I said, like, there's, like, there's things that I learned about... Yeah lighthouse keepers back in the day that I didn't as funny as it is it's not like the movie ever like has any exposition that explains anything and they just they that's why but, I like it yeah, yeah. but just watching like it was kind of like 
it almost was like half a horror film, half like an educational film, like <laughs> you know, like like an old newsreel of like this is how lighthouses work, and you're like, ah, yes, it is. Um, I also watched. Um, this was not in the theater, but I watched um, Brian De Palma's Blowout from I think 1980 oh, or 82. No, 82, I think. De Palma's so weird. He is Blowout. I don't know if you've seen it. I've never seen Blowout. It's a uh, Travolta plays a sound man for a horror movie, and he's recording. Wait, really? Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, but it was like back in the day when you like when you watched like you know like there's that chunk of time in the 70s and 80s when you would watch Travolta in a movie and you'd go, oh that's right that's why he was considered like one of the top one of the top yeah. dudes because he could do it and he plays a uh, a sound guy and working on a horror film and he overhears a well he ends up saving this girl from like this like this car crash that falls in, in, like, into the river and she was like in a car with a politician mm-hmm. but the more he listens to the tape the more he's convinced that it wasn't an accident and he gets kind of tied up into this, like, big conspiracy, and, um... Oh, okay. It's very good, um, it's, it's actually, it's fantastic. I, I, I'm, I realize that, like, my, I, I feel like two years ago I was kind of like, man, I don't know how I feel about De Palma, and then I realized that, like, Ex- I, I really do love De Palma a lot. Yeah. Well, some De Palma. Exactly. Like, the one, but here's the thing, is that, like, the way I look at it is that, like, you know, the ones of his that I don't like, I fucking hate. Like, I really don't like Scarface at all. I really fucking hate it. Really? Um, I do. I mean... It's one of those, it's it's hard to separate it from the... Yes, that's exactly, you know? <laughs> yes, you're, you're nailing it. Like, it's hard to separate that movie from the fucking posters that adorn, like, shitty, like, frat houses. Ha- yeah, you and know? then, like, the constant line use of... Yeah, and, like, and just, like, and, and it was, I was explaining this, I was actually having this conversation with uh, Diego about how, like, it's not the movie as much as the fucking fan base that drives me nuts, you know? It's like um, Bauhaus. I love Bauhaus. I don't. I could care less about their fucking audience because like they drive me nuts, you know. Like, um, but Scarface is one of those things where it's just like ah, you know. I I, I hate how much people like kind of. I feel like they miss the point of the movie. Yeah. And they and they over embrace it, you know. Um, but the the Palma movies I do love, I fucking love. You yeah. know, like Phantom Just of Paradise. Kill. Yeah. You Just know what? Kill. Um, what's his name? Um, I'm having a brain fart. John Travolta. No. Um, Hannibal, the TV series. Mods Mickelson? No, the fucking the Brian writer. Fuller. Yes, god damn it, thank you. Um, so there was a really cool event at the Ace, which was a Dress to Kill event. So oh, wow. He, he had, like, this role to play in it, because it was a charity event, too, so you could buy tickets that would go to charity, but you would come, um, they had, like, a best-dressed um, costume contest from the the movie. It's fucking awesome, but unfortunately, I was, like, in Boston during this time. When was this? Um, it was, like, in October. Oh, because I remember Nancy Allen did, like, some sort of, like, event... That she like, uh, it was like a, it was. I'm pretty sure it was a De Palma film, or maybe it was like she was like maybe it was Carrie, uh-huh. and she was like, you know, she appeared <laughs> as like a way to promote like a charity that she's working. And it was like cool, yeah. Um, but Blowout is fucking great. I just I had been a long time, and um, I've been meaning to get around to watching it, and um, it's great. It's not my favorite of his movies, but it's one of those movies that afterwards you're thinking like, you know, I was at work the next day, and I was like, you know, just like kind of thinking, I was like, man, I just want to. Read more about Blowout, because that movie fucking rocks my world. Um, so you think about it a lot afterwards. That's probably one of my favorite movies that I've watched um, recently. But Yeah, so I watch, I, I spent some time in my house, um, which was great. Uh, but movie, I, I talk about it all the time still, um, is still one of the best apps that you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, because they just curate... Um, for like every 30 days, you know, movies filter in and out and it's all different kinds. So I watched Honey Giver, Honey Giver Among the Dogs, which is this 
Bhutanese uh, film from 2016. It's really cool. Um, it plays on, like, that older um, folklore. They have, like, this Tibetan folklore of, like, you know, and it, it's, like, the long-haired mistress and protector of the land. And sure. and it's, like, this noir um, type of storyline where, like, this cop is investigating a murder and, like, did she do it? Is she, like, this oh, seductress? Awesome. Is she a witch? It's really cool. It, it honestly really is. Um, I would I would watch it. If you have movie, you could... Uh, Try it free for seven days, I think, um, and watch as much shit as you can. And then I also watched this other movie on movie called Ugly Dirty Bad um, from 1976. It won um, the Best Director in 1976. Um, It's this great black comedy um, from Editore Scola or Scala. Um, it's really fucking weird. It's like basically takes place in like the slums of Italy, you know, where I imagine this is where my grandparents grew up because yeah. this is what they talked about. It's like, I lived in a one room house with 20 of my relatives, which is how the setting is. And it's like disgusting. And then like, they're all sharing a room and like this couple's beating there. And like the kids are running around like all crazy. And it's this like matriarch of the family who, um, get some money from an accident uh-huh. and it's basically like his family is plotting against him and he's plotting against him and they try to poison him and it's like he starts hanging out with a hooker and like they're all resentful of it because he's living his life and they're all living in squalor it's like it's really kind of repugnant and really funny that's awesome um so and i love it, it the sleazy 70s are like probably my favorite you're like an 80s man yeah. i definitely the 70s are just so fucking weird <laughs> Yeah, um, I feel like because I, I feel like the reason why I, I love the eighties and the sleazy eighties is because I feel like in the seventies they were still kind of like they were trying to make sleazy respectable, whereas eighties were like fuck it, and it's just <laughs> it's just it's so sleazy. Um, but I do love that. But I do love seven. I mean, seventies. We were I was debating like golden eras of like genre films, and seventies oh, yeah. is definitely like seventies was a, a great decade for movies, no matter what genre. Whereas the eighties was yeah. a great decade for horror, but seventies was like. I mean, holy shit. The like, stuff that was being, like, pumped out of the 70s is just, it's all great. Yeah. I, I love all of it, but I, I did watch two other 70s films, um, and because we're, we're still around the world, and now we're in the UK. Yeah. Um, which is really cool, so I, I decided to watch some UK films. One was called Symptoms. Oh, yeah. Um, which is starring Angela Pleasance, which is Donald Pleasant's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to read you guys a synopsis of the film on <laughs> Google, because it's just, it's totally ridiculous. Um, but, so, this is the, uh, this is the synopsis. A masculine woman invites another woman up to her house in the country and stabs her. Yep. That's it. That's it. So, it had me sold. I was like, oh, cool. I want to watch a stabbing. It's actually, it's actually really good. It's, it's, you know, about this, like, psycho, it's, it's, it feels long. It's actually not long. I think it's, like, an hour and a half. It, it dragged a little bit for me, but it's still really cool. Like, it's this psychotic woman who invites her friend up for the weekend, and then it's, like, a mystery, like, uh, there's pictures of her former friend all over the place, and they're alluding to, like, she's been missing, and she's never been found again, oh, and yikes. it turns out this girl is crazy. There's, like, this weird masturbation scene with Angela Pleasance. Um, it's Into it's it? kind of strange. Uh, it's definitely in the realm of the 70s, like, weird psychological horror uh, that I really like. And then I watched... Actually, I didn't mean to watch it. It just auto-played off YouTube, because I found this off YouTube. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool, like, you could join these groups that upload old retro movies. Yeah. Um, and they try to restore them. They're just independent people, so, uh, check them out on, on YouTube. Uh, just Google this movie and it will come up. I watched this film right after it called Deadly Strangers. In 1975, it's a UK film starring Haley Mills, which, yes, yeah. that Haley Mills, the Disney, 
um, Princess of Parent Trap, the yeah. original Parent Trap, which is still kind of one of my favorite films. This uh, one was cool. I, I don't actually think I had ever seen anything from Haley Mills in this era. Like, either she's a child or she's, like, an adult, like sure. an older woman. Um, but basically, she's, like, this, uh, she she's this woman. It starts out, like, uh, there's a breakout in an asylum ward, and, like, um, he this person kills a nurse, and then you cut to Haley Mills, who's trying to find a ride somewhere, and she's, mm-hmm. like, all alone by herself, and, like, all these, like, creepy truckers are trying to take advantage of her, and then sure. she meets a guy um, who offers her a ride. Now, the whole time, you're, like, is this guy the fucking killer, the escapee asylum guy? Like, who is it? Yeah. And then there's a wild twist, but, um, I mean, I, I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I watched um, two of those because I, I wanted to find films um, that I hadn't seen because I, I feel like more recently the UK has been pumping out some real oh, fucking yeah. good, but like, in fabric. Yeah, oh, well, see, I, I, which, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a chance oh to watch. Oh, my God, it's so I know. fucking good, dude. But the, the thing is, like, the reason why I, I wanted to do uh, UK is, like, I know that, because we watch a lot of, like, English-speaking films, but there is a really, there's a big difference between a horror film made in the UK and a horror film made with, just with British actors. Like, there's two yeah. different things, you know, and, like, um, I mean, I, real quickly, like, a brief rundown. Um, so, there's three, obviously, there's three kind of, um companies that you think of when you think of British, British horror, you think there's there's Hammer, which yeah. is, like, the first. And, like, Hammer, the Look. big deal about Hammer was that, like, you know, they start off with Curse of Frankenstein, Horror of Dracula, and, like, the way they kind of, like, they were taking all the universal, um, you know, Drac- uh, yep. Frankenstein, Dracula, the mummy, they eventually even did a, a werewolf one, um, but, like, on the Dracula one, which I think is the second one they do, um, you know, it's like you get the, you get this, uh, you know the opening credits like show like this coffin, this this cat, like this this tomb that like has the word Dracula written on it. You know, and then there's blood splatter on it. And uh-huh. it's like you have to understand that like back in the day, like with Universal, like there was not a lot of like you didn't, there was a lot more implied than seen. Whereas Hammer was like, we're gonna fucking show you. And so like Hammer was like pretty grisly and gory for its time period. And it was like it also kind of added like. I don't care what anybody says, and I love Bela Lugosi, but there's nothing sexy about Bela Lugosi's Dracula, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it's kind of goofy, you know? I love, and I do love fucking Bela Lugosi's Dracula, but it's it's because it's so iconic and because, like, you can't remove, when you think of Dracula, you can't not think of it, but Hammer's a big deal because, again, they're, like, they're showing more, they're infusing a little sex appeal into it, they're, they're infusing gore, which is not something that was you know, prevalent at the time, there was a few, like, obviously independent films that were, like, getting away with, like, some pretty heavy shit, but Hammer was really, like, we're gonna go for it, and the yeah. two names that, well, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say, it's really interesting in the time period of Hammer, because you have, like, post-war type yes. of films, um, where you have, like, a hero male lead, um, it's really interesting, especially when you see how, you know, political society reflects, um, in, in art and film, so, especially during that, that time period of, like, the 50s, it's really interesting. It is, and, like, and the cool thing about Hammer, too, is that, like, we end up introducing, we, we end up getting three, I feel like, the three biggest names from Hammer, which is, um, gonna be Peter Cushing. Yes. So, for anybody who doesn't know... Peter Cushing, uh, if you saw the first, the, the very first Star Wars film, you hope he's the evil. He's Darth Vader's boss. Uh huh. You know, and <laughs> it's weird to see him play this villain because yes, he plays. You know, he he did play villainous roles, but what I always remember him for is Van Helsing in the Dracula movies, where he was playing up against Christopher Lee. Everybody knows. We all know who Christopher Lee is. I mean, everybody's fucking yeah. seen Lord of the Rings. Christopher Lee got his start it with Hammer. 
um, playing well, playing the Frankenstein monster, then kind of playing Dracula. It was great. He plays Dracula, and then he doesn't want to do it again, and they coax him back like two movies later, and then they just keep guilt-tripping him every fucking time. They're like, hey, we're going to make another Dracula movie. He's like, I don't want to do it. And they're like, think about all the people you know that are going to you know, are gonna lose jobs if you don't work on you know, yeah. this film. And so he's like, fuck. And so, but he makes these series of Dracula films that are fucking awesome. And Cushing and, and Lee, I mean, I get a little choked up because, like, they end up becoming, like, lifelong best friends. And it's just this wonderful, like, relationship. Like, honestly, like, you always hear about, like, friendships in, like, cinema, like, you know, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. But for me, it's, like, always Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, like, to the point where, like, they end up working together on a non-Hammer film called Horror Express. Peter Cushing's wife dies. She's the love of his life. He just wants to give up. He, like, he wants to completely give up, and he doesn't think he can even, like, work on the film. And Christopher Lee basically, like, pulls him aside and is like, hey, buddy. We're going to have a fun time. Who cares what, this, what happens with this movie? We're going to have a fun time making it. Let's just have a good time. And, like, Peter Cushing credits Christopher Lee for kind of, like, keeping him afloat, you know? Yeah. And it's just, like, I love this, that they, in, in, in film, they played, they, uh, they constantly played against each other, but in, in, in life, they were, like, Bugs. best friends. Yeah. It's just, it kills me. Um, but the other name that comes out of Hammer for me is Freddie Francis. Freddie Francis, he was a director for Hammer. He also becomes a DP. He worked on, and he ended, in, in the 80s, he did a lot of uh, cinematography, specifically for The Elephant Man. Oh, yeah. For Dune. And I for just watched that. So he works with David Lynch, um, and he's this awesome, great director. And then there's Ingrid Pitt, who, like, um, you know, she was fantastic in a lot of Hammer films, too. And the reason why I bring these names up is because you're going to see throughout British horror these names kind of weave in and out of each other, like, so... Oh, yeah. You know, And like, especially with American cinema, too. Exactly, but, like, um, The Wicker Man. Yeah, which is, like, the most notable UK yes, horror movie. Exactly. Christopher Lee, uh, he's in it, and so is Ingrid Pitt. And that they, so, like, they're Hammer alumni that are working together. Um, you know, again, I mentioned Horror Express, which if you haven't seen this movie, Horror Express, again, not a, not a Hammer film, but it's basically John Carpenter's thing 10 years before, and it's on a train in, going, like, the Trans-Siberian Express. And um, it's the thing, but with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and Kelly Savalas... It's fucking rad. Dude, I've never seen it. I want to watch it because I've been I've been thinking about I was like, I want to take the chair in Siberian. I think it's really fucking cool. Now I want to be terrified. Exactly. <laughs> Taking um, it. Then we got Amicus Films. And Amicus Films, again, like, you know, when Cushing and, and Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee will work for this company as well. Amicus, what I think they're most famous for is um, they did the first adaptations of Tales from the Crypt. Before there was a TV show, before, you know, after the comic books, but before the HBO series back in the 70s, um, Amicus Productions did Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror, and they basically adapted Tales from the Crypt stories in, in, in two anthology movies. And um, they're great. They're awesome. And they're worth checking out. Like, one of the most famous stories in, from the TV show is, is in, uh, I think it's the first episode. Uh-huh. All through the, you know, the, the HBO show where, like, uh, Larry Drake plays the Santa Claus. Like, the, the escaped killer is dressed up as Santa Claus, and the woman has just killed her husband. And so she can't call the cops, but he's... But now she's being chased by this killer in her house, and she's like, well, if I call the cops... They're going to find out that I killed my husband. But um, anyway, they adapt that in the um, the British version. The only thing that's missing from those two, from Tales, uh, from the Tales from the Crypt movie and Vault of Horror, is um, there's a sense of humor that the EC comic books had that HBO nails, whereas the British comedy is a little more dry, and the humor is a little more dry, so it doesn't come off as black humor. It just comes off. They're just It's almost like they didn't get the jokes half the time. Yeah. Um, and then we got Tygon Films, which was... Um, one of the movies that they're, two of the few of the movies that they're famous for, Witchfinder General with Vincent Price, obviously one of the greatest 
British horror actors of all all time. Uh, Creeping Flesh, that also had Peter Cushing, and The Blood on Satan's Claw, which is the movie that you and I just watched. um, Which is, um, the poster's really cool for it. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. Um, I really liked it, so I wanted to just point out really quick, and I I laughed about this because I am a 13-year-old boy, um, but the cinematographer's name is Dick Bush. Dick Bush, yes. Uh, I've only known him to be, as a cinematographer, I've only known him as being fired from two movies. Wait, really? What was he fired for? He was fired from Sorcerer. Oh, really? Sorcerer, and he was fired from Aliens. Wait, why? Because... Uh, it w- I don't know, so- I mean, I can't remember the story from Sorcerer, but for the story from Aliens is that he, you know, they were, Cameron was shooting um, Aliens in the UK, right? And the UK, the, the, they, their filming is very different. In the yeah. UK. Like, they would actually break for tea time. Like, oh, fuck, it's tea time, and they would just strike the sets and everything, and, and <laughs> James Cameron's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, because in America, we just work through films you know, yeah. on set. Like, if you're on set, you know... You're on set you're for... You're on set for, like... I yeah. mean, there was times when I was on set for, like, 14 hours. I'm like, oh, my God, we've only gotten through, like, three shots, you know? Mm-hmm. It's whatever it is we're shooting, you know? But uh, in, in England, they would break for tea. Uh, and then Dick Bush kind of, like, was like, who the fuck is this James Cameron guy? So James Cameron's like, okay, I want... I, this is what I want. And Dick Bush would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to light it like this. And he's like, I'm the director. You're the cinematographer. <laughs> like, And he'd be like, no, I'm going to... I think it's going to look good like this. And so he got fired. Oh, so that's, shit. The, that's the only like aside from Blood on Satan's Claw, I can't yeah. ever um I whenever I you know, I've never seen anything he's ever done. I've only seen movies he's been fired from. Um That's really funny. This is great. Yeah. I mean it's 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 uh it is great. <laughs> yeah. So Mark Gaddis, who is in Game of Thrones, I mean yeah. he's been in a lot of stuff. He 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 um he co created Sherlock with Stephen Moffat. Yeah. He's, he's in Game of Thrones as the the bank. He's the dude from the bank. Um yeah. What am I, what am I, why am I drawing a blank on what it's called in Game of Thrones? Like, they're the ones who, like, give Cersei all the money. Yeah, yeah it's so like it, the Bank of Bravos or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's he's... like the Golden Company. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he's... So Mark Gaddis, he's a writer. He was on a show, a sketch comedy show called League of Gentlemen. He coined this phrase in, like, I think the 2000s called folk horror. And to give you an example of what folk horror, what he meant by that, is like the Wicker Man. Yeah. And this movie where it's like, you know, it's a 17th century village in England... Um, some farmer finds this um, weird, like, uh, remains of something that we don't know quite what it is, but it doesn't look like anything we've ever seen before. It doesn't look human. It doesn't look like an animal. And it slowly infects the people in the village, specifically the children. Uh, and they kind of turn into this, like, satanic cult. In the, and, yeah. you know, you got Patrick Weimark, who plays this judge who's visiting from London, and he's, like, a total dick. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. Nothing. He's like, nothing I don't believe here. this. And then he's like, no, it's fact because now I believe it. Exactly. Exactly. Bitch. And I think there's actually, I don't think that that's unintentional. I think that there's. Yeah. You know? It's, um, it's, it's really sort of fun too. Like, I like the use of like the, the hands and the psychological of like being your own demon and, yes. and stuff like that, which is, is really cool to to watch especially in this period piece yeah um which is also kind of weird but it's it's funny because i also see now how midsummer um not borrows but like 
was influenced a little bit by some of the scenes in here. Like, it has to be. Yes. Like, there's a whole, like, weird sex rape scene. Right. In it that is reminiscent of, like, of, you know, one of the rituals in, in Midsummer. So, it's, and there's a lot other small things that, like, obviously you, you call to back here and you're like, oh, my God, this is. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, um, that's one of the things I, I. So, like, a lot of the kids in the village are, like, they're, like, a lot of the people in the village are growing weird, like, skin. They're becoming, like, they're literally becoming infected by these weird, like, this, this, like, this curse or this whatever you want, this witchcraft where they're growing pieces of skin that, like, are evil. It's the devil skin. It's the devil skin. And that was actually the original title for Blood on Satan's Claw was the devil skin. Um, But, uh, yeah, so... Here's so I told you this story and I'll, I'll tell her and, and I really recommend everybody watches. I do believe it's on Prime, so if you, uh, you can, we we watched a copy of it that I have, but um, check it out on Prime and I'll tell you why because there is a I saw this at Coolidge Corner Theater at an all night marathon in like two thousand I want to say two or three, and um, there's this fucking scene that I watched to this day. Even we were watching it with the lights on and I still got creeped out where um, one character. Um, He's come to visit the village with the woman he intends to marry that obviously his aunt and the judge don't approve of. And so they're like, oh, well, she's going to spend the night in the attic. It does not bode well for her at all. She fucking goes crazy. And at one point, she comes out of the attic. You know, they, they're escorting her out there, taking her to the loony bin. And she's got this fucking creepy look on her face. It's like kind of like, I've gone completely insane smile. And then she, there's like a reveal that for some odd reason just got under my skin. But I saw that in the theater, and I was like, so, I was like, that's fucking scary. And then I passed out. I just, <laughs> I just knocked out. And then I woke up again touring during that, that murder yeah. rape scene that you were talking about, and I was like, what the fuck is yeah, going like, on? Yeah, like, what? We really took a weird turn yeah, here. Yeah, it gets, it, and that's the thing about this movie, is it gets weirder and weirder. And Yeah, I, I, the score is awesome. Like, it has no business being in this movie, I feel like, yeah. a little bit, but it's really cool. Yeah, it's very, it is, I mean, I, I don't want to overuse this term, but it is very folksy, you know? It's very folky. Yeah. It's like, it has, like, um, this weird feel to it, but Mark Wilkinson makes this score that, like, at one, at, in one hand, like, completely sets the tone. It's like, this is the village. This is what a village is. And then he's like, but then he's like, peppers in these really eerie, like, moments and, like, really, like, disorienting, like, creepy shifts in the music where you're like, oh, I don't, I, feel, I don't like this. This feels very creepy, and it's not... Synth, it's not synth, which was was something that you and I usually like when we're watching. We, we a lot of movies yeah. we watch have that that, the, that that common theme of like this is clearly somebody on a keyboard rocking out, and it's awesome. This is somebody using like an know, actual like yeah. orchestra band. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, you know Patrick Weimark, who was in Where Eagles Dare and Children of the Damned, he plays the the judge, who's like kind of the protagonist, but he's really. He's a douche. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. Like He's, he's just El Ducho. He is El Ducho. And then um, Linda Hayden plays this teenage girl who ends up becoming like, the leader of the cult. Yeah. And um, I think she's fantastic. I also think it's kind of weird that I find her foxy even when she has like... Oh, those, yeah, she dude. She has the weird like... Yeah, the eyebrows The Cro-Magnon uh, yeah, eyebrows. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Um, I would... Yeah. She's really cool as like Satan's bride. Yeah, and like, um, and um, easy to be seduced by her. I feel like. Yeah, and like the rev. There's a scene where she's uh, trying to seduce a reverend. That reverend is played by Anthony Ainley, who would go on to be. He ends up becoming one of the most prominent villains in the Doctor Who 
universe, which you also see a lot in British horror movies. Is you see like, you know what he? I don't. I don't. I haven't seen Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Um, it's just one of those. I just won't. But he has a villainy jawline. Like yeah, I does. noticed it. I was he like, does. damn, look at that jaw. Yeah, <laughs> and he's great as the villain in Doctor Who. Um, for any of you guys, you know, watch Doctor Who. He plays the mass. He's the second version of the master, and he's great. Um, but he plays. It's like I think it's the one time he plays a good guy. Or maybe, I don't know. That's the only other time I've seen him is this in Doctor Who. But, um, and then you've got, um, I don't know. The director is Piers Haggard. Um, his daughter ends up be- His daughter is actually in a new show, I think, on Showtime. Really? There's some show that's being advertised right now a lot where she's, like, investigating a murder. Oh, is it, like, the Dublin murders or yes. something? She, oh, okay. She is the daughter of the director of this movie. Ah, I ha- I keep seeing ads for it and stuff, but I haven't watched it yet. She was also in Doctor Who. Interesting. Yeah, so weird. the weird the weird thread continues. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines of this entire movie that I feel like really sums up um, the feel that this movie's trying to invoke is like, you come from the city, you do not know the ways of the country. And it's like, ah, oh, man, the moment you say that line, I'm like, I am hooked because weird shit goes on in, this, in the country. Yeah. And, um... Like, weird fucking cults that, you know, um, that are full of, like, teenagers and old people. I really do like the ending of this. Um, that whole end scene, I, I don't want to say too much, but, like, hit, like, it's it's very biblical. Yeah, You is. know, um, which it reminds me a little bit of, like, these weird childhood, like, Hans Zimmer... Um, Anderson, like, fairy tales-ish, where, yeah. like, it's very um, belief-based. Yes. Um, but it's also mixed with, like, old folklore. So I, th- I like the whole Satan, uh, but also, like, the devil skin and, like... And fighting Satan with a <laughs> giant sword. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Smash Satan with that sword. I really... Um, this was a movie that I, I wanted us to do uh, since the beginning, just because, it's like, it's... It, I feel like it should be... I, I, I don't... I don't. I, I love The Wicker Man. I feel like The Wicker Man is really the kind of like the quintessential movie of this type of film. But I feel like this one should be really, really recognized very closely second because like it's just so... I mean, Wicker Man's great because it's criticizing religions of all... Or, or bringing... Making criticisms about religions of all types. Whereas this one's just kind of like... Um, you know, you have... Again, there, our main character... Our, our hero is this judge who's like... Hey, witchcraft ain't real, man. Science is what where it's at. And then he like he go he borrows a book from the doctor, and he's like, you know, it could be, it could be, and it's like that self righteousness that like, ugh, you know, like I don't actually. I, the only people I'm rooting for in this movie are Ralph, yeah, and the dude like the 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 young the guy in the beginning of the movie who like you know brings his fiance, she goes fucking crazy, ends up cutting off his own hand at one point. I'm rooting for those two people. Yeah, I felt bad for that guy a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what happened to him? Um, I Yeah, so I, I really don't care about the good guys or the bad guys in this movie. I like that the voice of reason um, is one of the guys who eventually succumbs to, yes. to the devil skin, but I like that all the time that he's just like this moral compass of it, and even he challenges at one point the judge, which is funny because the judge just shuts him down, but he's like, you're gonna hurt innocent people if you just murder everyone. You can't just do that. Like, yeah. we could save them. And he's like, that's for me to decide. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. And, and also, earlier in the movie, like, there's this crazy thing we were both laughing about where, like, they're chasing this girl. There's, like, these bunch of these villagers are chasing this girl because they think she's a witch. And their big plan is to just, you know, and this actually happens. So, whatever, they're like, they're about to, like, toss her in the water. And they're like, and, and, and our, again, our hero, Ralph, or our other hero, you know, not the judge, but the guy who's like, like you were saying, yeah. the voice of reason, is like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, if she floats, 
she's a witch. And they're like, well, what happens if she fucking does it? Yeah. And you've just killed Then the you're a murderer, And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, I got somewhere I gotta be. And they all start kind of like, they, <laughs> they kind of like leave. check their watches and like go the opposite direction. And you're like, and he ends up trying to like, you know, he really is the voice of reason. That also, that actor, he shows up in Dracula's Risen from the Grave, another Hammer film. So, again, the, 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 the reach of Hammer and the influence of Hammer, you know, is all inclusive in UK horror. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hammer's also making a comeback. That woman, remember that movie with Daniel Radcliffe, The Woman in Black? Oh, yeah. I, it's funny because I, I saw that in the theater. I totally forgot about that. That was film. a Hammer film. That was a, There's like a scene in that film that never left me. It was like the tide was coming in, and so the road, um, it like goes underwater for oh, this, really? like, yeah, uh, in this, like, w- part of it. And it always scared me. To think that you're just trapped there forever and that the tide's never going to go back down. But anyway, that's, yeah. <laughs> but that was that was the first hammer since they've come back. They've kind of made a resurgence. and they're I like, hope so. Not. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think that we need that. Um, but I also think that you're right. I feel like UK has really been cranking Dude, out. I'm like, saying In Fabric, Peter Strickland. It's so fucking good. You I have know, to watch it. I know. I've been want- I, I mean, it's one of those movies that, like, you just... It, I like what they're doing with it right now. Like they did like a, an official screening, like um, like a one off, and they're just letting hype just like. I know it's driving me crazy because I want the score to release oh, so yeah. bad and just hasn't yet. And they they I guess they released like a teaser of the the track, um, the opening track, um, but it hasn't been available. Trust me, I've been looking for it forever. Really? And it's funny because I've been looking for it so much that like random comments I've been leaving all over the place, like on YouTube, like other people have hit me up and it's like, have you heard anything yet? <laughs> like. Wow. I'm like, no, I want it to fucking come out already. And Jess's reach on the, the internet world is... Uh, I'm crafty, is spread, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of cool films coming out still. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, In Fabric, In Fabric was so impressive. Yeah, and like, and, and this is like, kind of like, you know, as far as horror goes, like in, in Britain, um, I really feel like this is like, kind of like... The 70s are really when it, like, is, is right before it just kind of dies down for a, a while, you know? Yeah. In the 80s, it becomes a very American market, you know? Um, well, you have um, you have American Werewolf in London, which is that, like, parallel between American cinema and and, and the UK cinema. Yeah, and it's funny because I was actually just... It's funny you said that because I was just... Um, I just got the Arrow video release of um, American Werewolf in London. It's, like, a great Ooh, big... Deluxe. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool, and there's a great documentary on there, and, like, John Lannis is talking about... You know, where he was inspired by, and I hope this is going to tie into Blood and Satan's Claws, like, uh, what he was inspired by when he, he was working on a film in the 70s when he was, like, just, like, I think right before he was, like, right when he's 20, 21, whatever. Yeah. And he's working on a film in Europe, and he watches a gypsy funeral. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, burying, pe- like, this guy, like, you know, in a manner so that they're afraid, they're, they want to make sure he doesn't get back up. Because he's a criminal. He's, like, a bad guy. They're, like, we, we want to make sure this guy stays down. And John Lannis thought that was so weird. He's like, what if somebody who is, follows this train of thought, like, you know, America, science, rationale, and he watches this weird, like, customary, this European, like, this old custom of, like, and then this old burial, and, like, how what would happen if, like, those two I, um, sensibilities clashed? And yeah. And from London, like, they come into the... They, you know, they they show up at the, the slaughtered lamb and you know and they're kind of like <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I mean you guys have seen American Werewolf in London so you get the idea but yeah like um but it, aside from like I think Hellraiser which was still backed by U S money yeah the same I was gonna say there's a lot of like meddling between us and and especially on these like cult films yeah 
But what's great about Blood on Satan's Claws, this is definitely, um, this is British funded, yeah. British based. You know, 100% British. And that's really, that's great about England Hammer. belongs to me. Exactly. And like, as opposed to us being like, well, Britain, we think that you, you should probably do this. Because I don't feel like, you know, I don't think this movie could have been made by an American. You yeah. Know, like in 19, what was it? 70. 70- fuck. Ooh, yeah. We're <laughs> we both like, we both. 76? Uh, no. 71. Before. 71. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking wild for a night, you know, you yeah. think about, watch American films in 1970, from 1971, watch, just find, go on Wikipedia, look up by 19, movies in 1971, horror films, look at the American ones, and then look at this, and there's a distinct feel, mm-hmm. a very, very interesting feel to it, and there's also, like, man, those fucking British people, they get away with, they're fucked, you know, like, there's, yeah. that scene that you were, like, we were talking about is pretty fucking brutal, like, it's, Considered, I would most people would consider it tame by today's standards because there's not a lot. You yeah, see. but think, yeah, exactly. But the, the feel of that moment is so horrific and like, ugh. It really is. It's like immediately uncomfortable. You're like, oh, they're they're forcibly ripping yes. her clothes off, and this is gonna get worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and it does, and it actually like it reaches it's, it's the absolute worst that can happen. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool. I do like it. <laughs> I love this movie. Um, but yeah, so. Um, that's Blood on Satan's Claw. I mean, I, I is there anything you wanted to add or? No, that's our film pick for for the UK, UK. and then I think we just have like a few left before yeah. we're back back in the states, back baby. Back in the states, uh, I think we got some good ones. Um, but we'll save that for for when we get there. But yeah, check this out. Check out other British films. A lot of the Hammer films are. Yeah, fucking. and there a lot of them um, are on YouTube. Um, yes, uh, what's that? Let me see if I can find the the guy who's been uploading them because it's it's actually really cool. Um, if you look at the the movie um, Deadly Strangers, the one that's uploaded to YouTube, um, it's uh, it's that guy. <laughs> I was trying to find his name, but I can't. Because when you mentioned that movie um, Symptoms and, and Angela Pleasance, I was telling you this before too. It every Christmas my family has a tradition of watching the. Christmas Carol from 1984 with George C. Scott. Angela Pleasance plays the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, yeah, you told me that, and I was like... And she's, like, kind of, like, it's really It made me feel weird because I totally now have a different vision of her from watching Symptoms. Well, there's moments where she's, like, kind of foxy as, like, the ghost of Christmas past because she kind of has, like, this punk rock look to her, even though it's, like, it's a period piece. But then there's moments where she smiles, and you're like, oh, there's her father. Um, okay, it's retro movies, but the guy is film boy Chris One. <laughs> Which, if you look him up, he has like a slew of of really cool nineteen seventies British films, cool. um, Deadly Strangers, Symptoms, Necromancy, like uh, really really fun sleazy seventies. Like there's random boobs in it. Right. Like yeah. Um, so so definitely uh, check him out if you want to watch some free films online. Definitely. And then uh, quick shout out to uh, on Instagram video nasties underscore seven. Um, Oh hell yeah! Uh, nasties. Yeah, uh, you know, old friend of mine, and um, he just—he's been doing this a lot of great Instagram stuff where he's been like re- just making fake video covers mm-hmm. for like fake sequels for movies that already existed, but as video box covers, you know. And uh, they're definitely worth checking out. And CJ, if I got that Instagram name wrong, <laughs> fix it. Like go on, you know, like comment on the uh, on the Instagram you have. You like know. no, no, it's actually this one. It's yeah. actually me. Thanks. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because I'm not gonna. Bust out the Instagram right now, but uh, he also did that when we were asking people to design what was it Ghostbusters versus? Hand oh Hand. yeah, and he, he did that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super cool. Yeah, so um, but I just wanted to call that out, and um, yeah, we I'm will thinking. be back uh, after 
Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm. Have a good, um, really terrible holiday. Yeah, enjoy enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Enjoy the murder of yeah. <laughs> all my people. <laughs> all right, goodbye. <laughs> when the grave of the devil is disturbed by the plow, the satanic essence of evil wreaks violent and revolting revenge. But it weren't human, sir. There were fur. Then it was an animal's remains. It were more like some fiend. And the evil grows quickly, attacking first the youth of the village and making them the devil's children. Look, look. Oh, God, I prayed I'd never see that again. That's what they call the devil's skin. Doctor, witchcraft is dead and discredited. Are you bent on reviving forgotten horrors? How do we know, sir, what is dead? The blood on Satan's claws. It was like a horrible disease, highly contagious and deadly dangerous. Spirit of the dark, take thou my blood, my flesh, my skin, and walk. Holy Behemoth, father of my life, speak now, come now, rise now from the forest, from the fa- The Blood on Satan's Claw stars Patrick Wymark as the judge who tries Satan, and Linda Hayden as Angel Blake, daughter of Satan. Satan's Claw.